Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number three of Sharp Money. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. It is getting closer, closer, closer. Phones are ringing. Trade deadline is August 1st of all, as we all know, right? Now, the Angels are already on record saying, we ain't dealing Shohei. Yep. Don't call. If Amal Shaw GM is out there, you still call, don't you? You make them, you make them hang up on you again? 100%. I mean, look at sales 101. You either get a concrete no or, you know, you keep calling back. And to me, at this point in time, Shohei throws a one-hitter yesterday. Right. If you're the Angels, you are at the apex of his value. Why not just trade him right now? What are you doing in the next two months with him? Well, it sounds like because of the other deals they've made, going to get the Lucas Giolitos of the world, the White Sox, and, and Lopez from that staff, that that's the Angels' push to tell Shohei, hey, we're still in it this year. We're still trying, what, we're five games over 500. Uh, right now we're three back in the wild card race. So they feel like they're making that push them all. But is that enough bigger picture that even if the Angels make the postseason, that it keeps Shohei in Anaheim past this year? Because that's really that's, – that's all the determining factor is. Unless you really think the Angels can win the World Series this year with Shohei Otani, if you're Artie Moreno, the question is, is, is what I'm doing now before August 1st by not dealing you and telling all the other GMs he's off the table, then you're saying, Shohei – this is all for you for next year. Remember this in the offseason when you're a free agent and you could screw us the second you hit the window. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Look, I firmly believe he's going to wind up with the New York Mets. Um, everybody else I know thinks Dodgers. Oh, I, I hope you're right as a Metropolitan fan. But then the Angels are caught here getting nothing for the, 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 the greatest talent we've ever seen. Yep. And you and I didn't cover Babe Ruth. So we can't make that claim. Uh, let's bring in Jim Duquette. It's great to have Jim on, of course, former GM in Major League Baseball, now at MLB Network Radio and Sirius XM. Follow him on Twitter, at Jim Duquette GM. Jim, we were just talking here, theorizing, and I'm sure this has been your existence. You know this so well as a former GM in the league. The Angels say Shohei is off the table. Is GM Jim Duquette still making that call just to make sure he's really off the table? <laughs> yes, absolutely. In <laughs> fact, um, I'll, I'll guarantee you after he said he was off the table, they got a couple calls that day. I mean, you have to do it, right? And that's the thing. Even even when the Angels um, said they were listening, they really weren't, I don't think, actively considering trading him. They were looking, you know, this is what every team does at this time of the year, right? So you're looking at the options. If you're overwhelmed, and listen, I, I think when I was going through the trade deadline, and most of my GM friends, both they're in the game or out of it now, they would have traded maybe a family member at the trade deadline <laughs> if they got the right deal, right? So I probably would have done the same thing if we, it would help us win. But most of the time, those offers that you get back aren't worth it. They're not what you think is value. And so you dismiss them or you try to you try to get them to move up on their offer. You negotiate back and forth. 
and then you know the the one hundredth conversation that you have with another team is usually the deal that ends up getting done. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Just from a baseball perspective, if you're the Angels, first of all, tell me, do you believe if they can retain him? And then if you don't think it's going to happen, don't you have to make the move? I don't get keeping him for what equates to about nine to ten weeks and your team is not even on the cusp of being the premier team in the American League. So, listen, I'm with you on, on that aspect of it. If we, if we just look at it, their chances – uh, to retain the player are small. There, it's going to be the biggest bidding war and the most money we've ever seen uh, in the sport, right? So, so the chances of them keeping them are, are small. Um, they think, and I, there's a rational th- a part of, of, um, of their conversation on this, they think that if they keep them, it gives them a better chance and, you know, let's say they, they do or they don't get to the postseason, but they showed the willingness to uh, go all in and, and push all of the chips in. They think, and, they, and there are some people that agree, that it will give them a little bit more of a chance than uh, Otani going to a team that he's unfamiliar with, a team that, you know, you know, more than likely he's going to have a chance to win more than the Angels because the Angels haven't won. Um, but the familiarity of the Angels, the teammates, the surroundings, the way he's handled there, there's different certain ways that he's handled that, he, you know, in terms of handling and talking to the press as an example. You know, it's not he doesn't have a lot of demands there. Those are all things that are factors in a free agent signing. They shouldn't be major factors. It's usually always about the money. But if the money is going to be so so big that the feeling, at least within the Angels, is the level of comfort will also matter to him. And so that's what they're banking on. It's kind of like this last-ditch effort sales job, the, the, the close for them um, before he goes out there and starts to get recruited by other people. I just think that realistically, the way it goes to other teams – you know, when they get a chance to recruit him and show him that, hey, here's what we've done in terms of winning, here's where we're going to go with the winning, like that that uh, resonates with somebody like Shohei. And I think that's where the Angels are going to get, you know, knocked out of this bidding. And so, you know, going back to the original part, yes, I think they should have uh, traded him. But I also feel like they missed the opportunity last year to do it and not, and not necessarily this year. Talking to former uh, MLB GM, Jim Duquette. And, Jim, it's so interesting because, again, to y'all's point, you and them all, about what to do with Shohei Otani, we've seen different avenues of mega superstars in recent years. You go back to Washington, D.C., and Bryce Harper. The Nationals made what I think they thought was a legit offer. I don't know if that was to save face with the fan base. And then, of course, he leaves in free agency and goes to Philadelphia. The Orioles years ago with Manny Machado. I think people have already forgotten. He was actually dealt to the Dodgers before he signed the the huge contract with the Padres. So the Orioles tried to recoup something knowing they were going to lose him. So there's no right way or wrong way. Artie Moreno's on record saying, Jim, I don't want to be the owner that trades away Babe Ruth essentially here. How much does that play into the public perception of what you're doing with your star player? Well, you know, in some organizations, it weighs more than than others. You know, I think for the most part, the really well-run organizations, you know, they're able to separate the two. You know, they're able to say, listen, you know, we're not in it this year. Uh, We will move him. Or or in Otani's case, you know, we make it a run at him as a a player. Like, let's go back to the Red Sox when they had Mookie Betts, right? They kept uh, making him offers. And... It was almost a hundred million dollars less every offer that they made versus what he was looking for. That bar kept moving on them, and so they ultimately traded them. And they took the short-term PR hit, but they've always been competitive, and they've always spent money on the product. And you know, eventually the fans forgive you. You know, and so I think if, if they forgive you, if you feel a, a good team or you know you're spending money, so I think all those things kind of are intertwined there. I used to work for an owner that was similar to Artie Moreno, and you know his name is Peter Angel. He was he owned the Orioles, <laughs> and there was a ten-year span where we didn't win anything because he had that mentality. And there's a reason why the Angels haven't won 
you know, even been in the postseason since 2014. It's been the way that he has owned and run that team. So, you know, I think that the proof, you know, good or bad, is always in the results at the end of the day. You know, and I think that's where, um, you know, yes, he was worried about some things. I would say they're they're normally important, but in this particular situation, I I would have argued this: the guys that you get back in return for Otani will make your organization better when you go out and pursue him this winter, and that should resonate with Otani more than anything else, more than just a, let's say, a, a half effort to, you know, get into the postseason this year. So, you know, again, we're not going to know to the end of this, but I think there are multiple ways for the Angels to, to have done, you know, the, the right thing for them long-term, which is to trade and get a huge haul. And then, hey, you want to throw the most money at them and try to convince them again, um, you know, go for it. But I think those percentage chances are, are really small. Jim, I love what you said about the return and why he should come back to Anaheim potentially if he were to go or be traded. Which pitcher right now in the market that's potentially on the block intrigues you the most that you would want to acquire? Well, you know, I think there's a couple of them. Like, I don't, I don't know if Dylan Cease is available. They say that he's not, but there's a, you know, like going back to the original thought, like you could overwhelm him with a trade proposal, and I think. Dylan Cease is available to, to get him. So, it, you know, if you were able to squeeze him out, that would be interesting. I'm very curious what the Mets decide to do with Justin Vermeer. I think there's enough interest out there. I don't know if he wants to go. He controls where he can go. He's got a, a complete no trade. But he's another guy that would really um, intrigue me. And the guy that maybe is the under-the-radar under guy who's been pitching well that hasn't, hasn't necessarily been a – a number one or two, or even a number three type starter uh, this this uh, in his career, but I think he fits the number three bill this year. Is a Michael Lorenzen from Detroit? He was an All Star for them. He was their only All Star, but I think you know he has shown enough this year for me to have interest. You know, at the, you know in the next couple of days to to fill out a rotation and outside chance he could be a a, a playoff a starter for you in you know game three, let's say, which has a ton of value for teams who, you know, are limited in that area. Jim, really appreciate the time here as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Uh, do, uh, do you just keep the phone off these days? Because this time a year might have freaked you out in the past. I like it. I turn it. I, I, I do put it on um, uh, the, the sleep mode when I'm in bed, which I never did as a GM. So my sleeping habits are better. So, yes, I, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, they can't get you in the middle of the night anymore, Jim, and wake you up in, in a cold sweat. Hey, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the chaos leading up to the trade deadline. It's going to be interesting. All right, when we come back, Mike Somage is going to join the program next here on Sharp Money. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our shows and guests. You're going to get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort those picks out by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has a current hot hands. So for VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. This is the final week to sign up for just $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Great conversation with Jim Duquette. We were talking about trades of, of past war, some that works out for teams, some that don't. And then we saw last night in the Cubs-Cardinals game, we had a situation where Ian Happ had a, a back-go-back, knockout Contreras in the game. And then uh, Michaelis there is picking, pitching for the Cardinals. Two attempts, and on the second one, beans this guy and then gets tossed. And Dustin, what did you do immediately after said tossing. As soon as there was a number back up live, I just hammered the Cubs minus $1.26. It, it throws everything out the window preparation-wise. You're now bringing in Dakota Hudson out of the bullpen to have to pitch in the first inning of this game, which means that every other option is going to be worse than having Michaelis as the starter. So I just went on the Cubs, and the Cubs just took off from there. And again, I, I've saw a lot of consternation on social media about what the right thing to do is the Cubs go on to that easy 10-3 win. And the Cubs, uh, the Cardinal broadcasting crews getting lit up for basically starting a fight, if you will. Look, you get one shot at a guy in mall. If you knock out my guy, like there's a lot of on Mets Twitter. I'm sure, Dustin knows this too. A lot of talk about Jeff McNeil. We're, we're getting beat all the time, and no, but there's no retaliation. So you get one freebie. But if you miss him the first time, you're going to get tossed like we saw yesterday. I know Mike Samich, our next guest, of course, does a great job here as a VEASAN contributor. And you can follow him on Twitter at SamoBomb18. Mike, as a Cubs backer yesterday, you must have been thrilled in the first five when you saw what happened there. Yeah, I was loving life. I mean, I, I didn't mind Michaelis in there because I thought the Cubs were going to hammer him as well. And I love me some Justin Steele. I think he's one of those underrated pitchers in the majors. But yeah, get the starter out of there. It's never a bad thing for a bet when you lose the starter in the first inning. And like Dustin said, you got to bring someone in. All of a sudden, it's an impromptu bullpen game. It's just never a good situation for the team losing their starter. Mike, what do you make of a team like Chicago from a betting standpoint now that they're having a fire sale? Mm. Now, all of a sudden, is this just a team that you look to potentially fade? Where do you go with teams like this? What, what are you, Dustin, what are you shrugging your shoulders for? Are they? I mean, Cody Bellinger's the hottest hitter in baseball at the moment. Are they going to sell everyone their four games out of the wild card? He's going to be a Yankee, isn't he? You're talking, you're talking about the Cubs. <laughs> the Cubs? I'm talking about the White Sox. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> the other Chicago. Oh, good. Good question, Amal. You know what we did yesterday? We faded them. We yeah. took the uh, two, we took the Guardians yesterday. I think they were minus one ten. Uh, pretty much even pitchers on the mound. I know Cease was on the mound for the White Sox. Uh, and one of my bets today is the Guardians minus a run and a half plus one fifteen. I don't like playing on these teams that are either. There's a lot of uncertainty in that yeah. dugout right now. You don't know who's going to be there, who won't. You saw Joe Kelly traded today to the Dodgers. On top of that. 
Uh, the White Sox have kind of been pathetic this year. I mean, wildly mm. underachieved. So you already have a negative dugout perception there. And now you got to worry whether or not you're going to be playing in that same town in four days. To me, this is a great time to be fading teams that are selling. And I'm looking at some teams that are buying. Like, for instance, the Angels yesterday, I think, got a boost when when their owner came out and said Otani wasn't going to be traded. I think that helped propel them to that sweep of the double header. Today, a little bit tougher spot. But again, those are the type of teams when you have that emotional boost or the emotional letdown from the trade deadline. I'm interested in playing them, especially coming up to the trade deadline on teams that you know are selling because people just don't know whether or not they're going to come in. I mean, you look at the Mets yesterday, Robinson warming up in the bullpen and literally gets traded during a rain delay. I you just, how do you deal with that as a professional player? Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one for the fan base there, Mike, <laughs> certainly. And as you mentioned with the white Sox today, <laughs> Tuki Toussaint is back in the bump for the Sox. So I'm with Mike feels like a fade spot there. Uh, go guardians. Uh, let's get to the NFL in some of the win totals that I know that you're, that are out there that you like, and Amal and I have some of our own as well. What one have you identified, Mike, that you really think you've got some solid value on here before we turn the page to August? Well, I love this time of year because all these win totals are out and you get to really assess who you like and who you don't like. But one thing I want to make sure I talk about here is that when you're looking at win totals or teams you like, make sure you shop around all these alternate markets to try and get the best value. So for instance, I like Denver over eight and a half. Ooh. Well, Denver over eight and a half is laying anywhere from minus 110, minus 120, depending on where you're shopping. Denver over nine and a half is plus 175. Now, the beautiful thing about sites like DraftKings is that you have all of these different options and different ways to play Denver. Well, if Denver goes over nine and a half, that means they're winning at least 10 games. I think they're pretty much a lock to run second in that division because it's going to hinder San Diego's win total as well. If Denver goes to 10. So I played instead of playing the over nine and a half plus 175, I took some Denver uh, or Kansas city, Denver exact finish in the division. And that's plus three twenty-five. And then I came back and took some Kansas city, Denver, San Diego at Las Vegas straight in the division at plus six fifty. So in scenarios where you can find where if you like a team, Look at these alternate sides too, because you're able to get significantly better numbers. I even played, uh, I even played 11 to one for coach of the year for Denver as well, because they're 550 to win the division. If they win that division, uh, you got to think Sean Payton is like two to one to win coach of the year. So make sure you shop these alternate markets because you can make your opinion more valuable than just looking at the straight team totals. Yeah, I would agree with you completely in terms of the coach of the year. That's a great point you make there. You mentioned the division finished in the order, Kansas city, Denver, the uh, chargers and the Raiders. Do you recall what odds you got on that? It's sitting at plus six fifty right yeah. now on DraftKings, And so it's one of those situations where like, I know Dustin likes the Raiders under, they're finishing fourth in the division. If they go under six and a half mm -hmm. and Kansas city, I think is a fairly good favorite inside that division. If you play chargers and in second, and you play Denver in third, you're getting plus four fifty. If you play the, uh, the Denver in second and the Chargers in third, you're getting plus six fifty. So essentially you're blending at least plus two twenty five for the Raiders to go under their team total and the chiefs to win the division, which again, I think is a better way to bet it than just taking that Raiders under team total. Dave, I love the point Mike just made breaking down the division. I agree with him. To me, this is one of the better divisions. If you're looking to make an exact bet in terms of where they're going to play out or how it's going to finish good opportunity. I love the bet, Mike. Well, what a surprise that a horse guy has got an exacta in the, uh, in the <laughs> AFC West. Uh, Mike, I want to stay in that thought process because apparently you are high on Denver this year. We saw the comments by Sean Payton come out. I, you know, it's, it's really interesting because you don't hear coaches do this very often. He basically blasted everybody in the old regime, blasted the Jets. Are you buying in that Sean Payton is like, look, I don't have to fix Russell Wilson. The old guys just broke him. A little bit. I mean, if you look at the, if what Hackett was doing early in the season, some of the play calling decisions, it was absolutely atrocious. I thought it was a great point uh, by Peyton when he mentioned that they were 29th in pre-snap penalties, both offensively and defensively. Ooh. That's on the coaches, and they they were slow getting plays, and that didn't help Russell Wilson at all. I also think it was a way to prop Russell Wilson up to give him a little bit more juice inside that locker room. The, the Sean Payton Russell Wilson relationship is wildly important to Sean Payton. And if you can throw other people under the bus for last year, <laughs> instead of your quarterback, I think that's a good thing to do. And it, it's funny. He kind of walked back those statements a little bit, said he shouldn't have said them, but didn't say he didn't believe them. Uh, so I, I feel like it was a good way to kind of give Russell Wilson a little more confidence without costing anyone inside the organization. Cause that's Amal, You just don't see that. No, you, you don't, don't see coaches calling out other contemporaries that have now exited from where you just were. And then say, yeah, yeah, it's not this guy here. It's the old guys that are no longer here. I, I got no problem with it. But Mike, based on the, forget the comments for a second. You believe that Russell Wilson 
is going to be maybe not to where he was in Seattle, the future Hall of Famer, but still a very, very good, solid quarterback? I think if he's the 10th to 15th best quarterback in the NFL, this defense has enough to be able to prop him up. You got to remember this defense was phenomenal in the early part of the season. And look, I would have been frustrated if I was a defensive player and I was on Denver, they were, they were keeping this team in games, game after game after game. And it fell off a little bit toward the end of the season, but this secondary specifically is elite out there in Denver. And I think that's a big difference here. You're also getting Javon Williams back at the running back spot. He tore his ACL in the fourth game of the year. He's supposed to be back and be, be good here. And then scheme wise, look, Sean Payton understands how to use Russell Wilson a lot better than Hackett did last year. And so for me, I think the scheme is going to improve significantly. I specifically remember one game where they were sitting on the 20, they were, t- it was a, they were down three and they run a one wide receiver set and run a deep post in between two safeties there's zero chance that's going to work. You need to have other routes there or else the, the free safety is just going to come over and pick the ball off. And guess what happened? The free safety came over, picked the ball off. They weren't able to kick the game tying field goal because of that play call. Now should Russell Wilson throw in the ball? Probably not, but that's kind of what he does sometimes in these scenarios. You need to know your player better as a coach. Okay, I know that you like the Chiefs to win this division at minus $1.65. The Broncos are plus five fifty. If we can do this kind of transitive property exercise here, Mike, like you've done with Sean Payton for coach of the year. Russell Wilson's 45 to one to win the MVP. If they were to win the West, would that be good enough to get Russell? Who's never even gotten a vote for MVP to be in that conversation. Oh man. I don't think so. Cause I don't <laughs> think they're going to win the, if they win the West, it won't because Russell Wilson's throwing for 55 touchdowns, right? Okay. I think if, if they win the West, it's going to be because they're able to control the ball. They're able to scheme it up on the offensive side, score enough. And that defense is absolutely elite. That's how the, that's their route to winning the West. I think it's a long shot. They win the West, but guess what? Sean Payton could win coach of the year if they end up 11 and six and two games back of Kansas city as well. All right. So plus five fifty to win the division, but the 11 to one is a better play for Sean Payton, but do not take the bait on the 45 to one for Russell. Wilson. I agree with him. And I don't think the odds are high enough. All right. Mike, don't go anywhere. Amal, you got duties to get to my friend. Uh, sure. Have a great call tomorrow night. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. There he is. He's going to be on the uh, fight of the decade. Dare we say tomorrow? so far? Could I be. think so. Mike and I coming back here on sharp money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet just $5, get $150 in bonus money instantly by using the promo code VSIN, VSIN, when you sign up today. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for all the terms and conditions. Dave Ross, Mike Samich here on this edition of Sharp Money. And Mike, before we get back into the futures market here, I know the story, but I don't know that our audience does. Tell them how you got to Samobomb18 on Twitter. Where did Samobomb originate from? Well, uh, freshman year in my high school, you're, mm-hmm. you're required to take three months of wrestling. So I was, a, I was a wrestler for three months in high school. I was a skinny, skinny kid. We're talking like 5'11", a buck 60s, dripping wet, right? Wow. So very skinny kid. Uh, and I didn't have much wrestling moves, but I came up with one where I would just grab someone's leg and I would rip it as high as I could. And they would go straight on their back because I was taller than them. And it got, became called the Samo bomb because my nickname in high school was Samo. And uh, here we are literally 22 years later and it's stuck. Okay. So the Samo bomb originates from that. So what are you walking around now in case I'm going to manage you in the UFC? What weight class are we getting into? Uh, we're, we're, we could get down to probably 190, but we're probably sitting in that 205 level. All right. We're going to have to get you down to 185, maybe even 170. No more carbs (laughs) for you. All right. Let's get back to some of the NFL futures that we have out there. And you and I were talking during the break. You know, I'm a cowboy guy here. I have a lot of interest in the Cowboys this year. I I feel like they're being poo-pooed in the marketplace here because Kellen Moore is in LA and now the punching bag that is Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. They're now the two-headed monster calling the offense. I'm not down on the Cowboys this year at all. How do you view this team and what could be the last year for Mike McCarthy if things don't go well? Look, I, I'm not a Mike McCarthy believer. I, I just, I, you see him manage games toward the end and it becomes really, really frustrating for me. He also hasn't really evolved with the NFL. He still wants a run first style offense. And without Zeke there, I'm not sure Tony Pollard is going to be able to take on the load that he's going to need to, to be successful through a 17 game season. However, I, I do think this team has a ton of talent, both offensively and defensively. Before Micah Parsons started to get injured last year, they were elite on the defensive side of the ball, and they created so much havoc in the backfield 
that the sky's the limit here if they can play that style of defense again. I think the weapons on the outside are solid. I'm, you know, I, I think Dak's good, right? We're talking like somewhere between eighth and tenth best quarterback in the NFL, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range, which is more than serviceable if you want a team to be able to take a step forward. The biggest issue with the Cowboys here, and why I think a lot of people are down on them right now. Uh, look, you, just the way they got eliminated the last couple of years is pretty tough to watch. And the Eagles are sitting in that division and they are, uh, they on paper are a behemoth here in the NFL this season. I'm with you. And I'll tell you this. And again, I look at the Cowboys now, I think being a little bit discredited in the marketplace and I'm trying to take advantage of that. I played them at nine and a half win total over at minus a dollar 40 when it came out in February, that's gone. Now you can get some plus money at 10 and a half. If you think this is an 11, 11 win team, this team won 12 games last year and Dak Prescott missed five of them. People have already forgotten that Cooper rush had to step in after that week one loss to Tampa Bay. And everybody just said their season is over. It was far from over as the, the rest of the 52 was good enough to make up for the absence of Dak Prescott for those five games, much like what you talked about with Denver. And I'm glad you pointed it out that everybody's going to look at Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, but really if they're going to have success, it's going to be defensively. And that's why I'm so high in the Cowboys. It's because of Dan Quinn. It's because of that defense. It is because of Stefan Gilmore now to be opposite of Diggs at the cornerback position. It is because I think Micah Parsons should be one of the shorter favorites here for defensive player of the year. So I look at the Cowboys in the marketplace and you can find them right now, five to one to win the NFC. Now, that doesn't mean they have to win the East, because I'm with you. The, the, the Eagles should be the favorites. We understand that. And right now, you can get the Cowboys around plus $1.80 to win the NFC East. I got them at 2-1 to one earlier in the year. But in the conference, it's the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles, and then it feels like you're getting your longer shots at least double digits. Is it as that demarcation line, is that correct to you, that it should be the quote-unquote big three in the NFC and then everybody else? Yeah, I, I think it really is that simple. I'm not as high on Denver, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not as high on Detroit as everyone else is, or a lot of people are right now. That secondary not really improved. Uh, they're going to give up a lot of points. The schedule at the start's a little bit rough, specifically their first four games. So if they are someone you like as an over, wait until week four and get a two a deflated win total there, and you'll be able to take the over once the once that gets there. And you look at the South, it's the Saints, but are the Saints really going to be able to bang heads with the big guys once you get into the playoffs? So to me, this really is a three-team race here in the NFC. And so you got quarterback questions in San Francisco. You got to kind of decide what you want to do with them. The Eagles, again, look loaded, but we know about the Super Bowl curse. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond from coming back and losing that Super Bowl this season. And if you like Dallas, one of the bets that I, I like a lot here, especially if you like the Eagles as well, you can get plus 130 for an exacta. Uh, the Eagles over Dallas, first and second inside that division, versus taking a juiced over here on the Cowboys at nine and a half or 10 and a half. To me, if they win 10 or 11 games, they're easily in second in that division, if not in the first place spot. So you can get the plus money there if you just take Eagles, Dallas, exacta. You know, you look at the NFC East and the odds associated with it. Remember, three teams in this division last year made the postseason, including the Giants, right? Get that playoff win against Minnesota. Again, the marketplace is expecting Brian Dable to not be able to work the same magic he did last year. Look at that win total. Seven and a half for the Giants, six and a half for the Commanders. Is it just Dallas Philly, or are we kind of sleeping on potentially the Giants and or the Commanders to be potentially another playoff team as they got three in this division a year ago? You know, when you look through the Giants' schedule, you got to be a little bit concerned. And that was a big part of last year. The Giants' schedule was extremely weak early and then late as well. They also caught a, a couple lucky wins earlier in the season. I remember that Tennessee game specifically where it seemed like they, they snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat there. But now they're coming back and they've got Dallas. They've got San Francisco. They've got to play Seattle. They've got to play Buffalo, Miami, the Jets. It is a tough schedule when you're ripping down this, this Giants' schedule. And I'm not, I don't doubt that Brian Dable can perform some magic. I'm just not sure he's going to be able to perform this much magic and be able to beat some top contenders in both conferences. Yeah, what a great start to the year last year. Kind of dipped a little bit towards the second half, but did win a playoff game a year ago, certainly in Minnesota. I want to get to the North very quickly. I've got some tickets in pocket. I've got the Packers to win the division at 5-1. to one. That's been shorted now down to 4-1. to one. Got some overs at 7.5 on the win total, uh, obviously, because I think they should be in contention for this division. What am I missing? Because... Everybody loves the Bears this year, and that win total set for the Bears at 7.5. Kind of like the Eagles a year ago, before we really knew about Jalen Hurts. We knew the rest of the 52 for the Eagles looked pretty good on paper, and then Jalen Hurts was a superstar, and it all clicked. I don't know what Jordan Love is, 
but I kind of like the framework of the rest of the team, and I don't know that I love the, the Lions' defense. I don't know what Minnesota's doing, and I don't think the Bears are even close to being as good as people think. Are you with me on that? I'm sitting on five, five and a half to one on the on the uh, on the Packers to win the division as well. So I I agree with you with the Green Bay side. I can't wait for the season to start and these teams to start playing each other. So I can start hammering overs. This mm. is going to be an over division all year. When you go down the line, you look at these teams, how they're structured, the lions defense, not very good, specifically in the secondary, the Vikings defense, not very good, specifically in the secondary, the bears defense, not very good, specifically in the secondary. And guess what? All four of these teams have potential to put points up specifically when the, when the Vikings, the lions and the bears play each other, I'm going to be playing overs early in the week. Cause I think they're going to get bet up all week. I think these are three great over teams heading into the season. Yeah. Week one is going to be very interesting because it's in Chicago Packers coming to town. And right now it's, I, I've been in Chicago and had the biggest game ever after the double doink and Mitchell Trubisky. It didn't work out very well. They're very excited about what Justin Fields is going to look like this year. Who comes to town week one? The Green Bay Packers. It feels like history repeating there again. Very quickly, as we look at the rest of the NFC, I want to get to the South here. Had a very interesting conversation earlier in the program with Steve Berline about what he thinks he's going to see from Bryce Young year one in Carolina. We understand why the Saints are the favorites because Derek Carr, but does this division feel like it's up to grabs for you for everybody but Tampa Bay? I can't get behind Atlanta either. Uh, to me, there's just too many quarterback issues there. Look, Bijan Robinson looked phenomenal. I'm not sure if you guys were able to catch or watch the catch he made yesterday on Twitter, but it was just a, a beautiful thing. So you know he's going to be involved out of the backfield. But Ritter, to me, is the problem here. I, I can't get behind Atlanta with that specific quarterback. I think this is a two-team division here. It's either going to be Carolina or it's going to be New Orleans. New Orleans defense is still pretty darn good, and they do have weapons on the outside. Kamara is going to be in the backfield. And the Bryce Young issue for me is how fast can he be good? I do think he'll be a, a, we'll call it top 10, top 12 NFL quarterback down the line. I'm not sure he can be there right out of the gate. And he's going to face an athleticism issue here. He was able to extend plays, scramble around in college. And if he did take a hit, it wasn't as punishing as it's going to be here in the NFL. He's going to have to pass much more out of the pocket, be able to go through his reads, get the ball out quickly, or else he's going to get pounded. And that's going to be a problem because they need him in there if they're going to compete for the division. Yeah, and I look at Bijan, a short favorite here to win offensive Roy here at plus 275. Very quickly, just rounding down the last 30 seconds. San Francisco are bust out west. Can Seattle really make the push that a lot of people think they can make? I bet Seattle to win the division. I, I'm sticking with these Seahawks. I love what they did. I love uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba as the third receiver out there. I love the fact that they took Witherspoon signed today. He's going to be elite as a cornerback for them. And look, they have a schedule advantage. The two games they're playing against San Francisco. One of them's a short week on a Thursday night up in Seattle. The other's off a of bye. I think Seattle has an advantage from a schedule perspective. They're going to be able to flip the script here in the NFC West. Makes me feel a lot better when we have the same tickets because I've got Seattle to win that division from a couple months ago as well. All right, Mike, when we come back, me, you, and Dustin, let's break down Major League Baseball, see the plays that you like out there on the diamond today. Come on back here, Sharp Money on Visa. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide's already out. Our college football guide drops next week. So get previews, predictions for every D1 team and conference, best bets on futures, and season win totals. Plus, an in-depth breakdown of how you can use our betting splits and power rankings to make you a smarter better this entire season. So sign up before the end of July. Receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of just $175. Or sign up for a monthly subscription. Get your first 30 days for only $19. You see everything VEASAN has to help up your betting game. Remember, this offer does end July 31st, so don't miss out on these preseason deals. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Take advantage of these special offers and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Mike Samich joining us from California and Dustin behind the glass today. Gentlemen, let's get into this Major League Baseball slate. Mike, you never want to say somebody's on a heater, but it feels like Dustin's on a bit of a heater. Right, Dustin? Yeah, but somebody's on a heater. Somebody's on a heater. <laughs> no, but it's an issue because so eight and three documented plays at vston.com slash picks. And then I believe overall in the week, it's a 12 and three week. Oh, with that's... a lot of bets on the angels to a couple plus prices. Uh, the issue is whenever this happens to me in any aspect of life, I usually fall apart. So when things go really, really well, I find a way to make sure things even out for me. So I'm a little nervous about today because when I look at my card, I have one, two, three, four, five, six bets, and they're all underdogs at plus prices. Okay, well, well that means you go three and three, the ROI, let's do it. We're going we're gonna to end up on the plus side of the ledger. Before you go, Dustin, Mike, let me start with you because then maybe if you give a pick that Dustin has too, that kind of symbiotic relationship. Mike, what do you got on the docket today? We already, we already mentioned the Guardians, minus a run and a half, plus 115. like that one quite a bit. Fade the White Sox right now. Uh, give me the Astros today. I, look, it's, it's McClanahan Day on the mound for the Rays. Uh, this Rays team is awful right now. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. If you take out the Royals series, they have won three of their last 18 games. And they're a favorite today. Give me the Astros a plus money here. I don't mind going against McClanahan. I'm on it as well. Hey, it's even money. Look, I'm as someone who has a lot of tickets on Shane McClanahan for AL Cy Young. I'm very concerned about that back. He has not looked good his last few times out since he got hurt. Uh, Houston's hit the sixth most homers against left-handed pitching this year. Tenth in OPS versus lefties. As Mike said, Houston's eight and four since the All-Star break, while t- Tampa's four and eight. And Tampa is a better home team than road team. Let me back the Astros, who are at home in this one. You know, I'm with you guys. And by the way, when that injury came from McClanahan in the back, everybody's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. This is a guy that got shut down last year, if we remember uh, the second half of the season. Now, all of a sudden, here's Tampa Bay that we just assumed was a lock to win the East. Now they're looking up at the Orioles. Now, I just want to throw this out there and see what you guys think about this. For Tampa Bay to miss the postseason, the no is 6-1. to Mike, you mentioned it. They've been awful. Is there any way they Tom Petty this thing and free fall right out of the postseason picture? 
Yeah, there is. I mean, with the way that they've been playing, there there definitely is a route to that. You got the Astros chasing them; they're three back. Uh, the key here is is really how, if you believe in the Angels. I mean, because the Angels, if they make a run and are able to make the wild card, one of these teams is falling out of it. The Rays are playing in the toughest division in baseball and playing poorly in that division. So, if you were going to project someone to make a free fall, it would be an AL East team. That means you're looking at the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and I, the Rays. To me, are as likely as anyone right now with how poorly they are playing baseball. There's just no way I'm backing. You'd have to lay eight to one here. Uh, the, the the yes for Tampa Bay to make the postseason, and that's why I'm looking at that. Going, I mean, I I never thought that was possible with the historic streak they get off to. First thirty, they cruise through that that green light go. And to Mike's point here, Dustin, they feel like a team that's hit the skids. And if McClanahan can't get them back on the good foot today against Houston, I don't know what they do at the deadline. They've got to be buyers or else they might really fall out of this thing. Well, just like my my point about my betting, right? When things are really, really good, I know they're going to even out in the end. When Tampa gets off to a start that they got off to, you know they're an obvious regression candidate. Also, the team right behind them, who they're, they happen to be facing in, in a series coming up this weekend, Houston is a team that's going to do the opposite. They've played so poorly this year, they're finally starting to heat up. They're probably going to be better here on out. I think the Blue Jays have been pretty consistent. I think they're a better team than people think. Uh, the Red Sox have been playing out of their minds lately. Mm-hmm. The Yankees get Aaron Judge back. They have a horrible record without Judge, so that means they're going to be better than they've been over the last month, month and a half since they were without their MVP. And the Angels are buyers. So yes, there is a chance a lot of these other teams are going to play better in this wild card hunt, and the Rays are going to come back down to earth which is why, to your point, they do need to make a couple of moves. And I'm very curious, as someone who has a ticket on this guy to win the NL Cy Young, I really don't want this to happen, but I wonder if a reunion with Blake Snell is possible. Ooh. And that's we wonder if San Diego will sell. And by the way, Kendall Graveman has, is on the move. He's going from the White Sox to Houston to help uh, fortify that bullpen there. Okay, let's get to it, uh, Mike, with some other plays that you and Dustin have on the card today. It is interesting about Blake Snell to that point. He could be a key cog if Tampa Bay does have that reunion. Then maybe I wouldn't like that uh, no price to miss the playoffs as much. What else on the docket today sticks out to you? I'll throw out a total here. I know Dustin doesn't happen, so I'll, I'll throw it out and then I'll rip through my next one as well. Let's go to the Reds Dodgers. Uh, look, Williamson has been very good since coming back off the DL. He's had a good month pitching here. Bobby Miller on the Dodgers side looked great early has fallen apart late, giving up three plus earned runs in five of his last six starts. Do you know who the number one team for overs in baseball is? It's the Dodgers. Wow. Do you know the number two team for overs in baseball? The Reds. <laughs> Give me the over nine and a half here with two lineups. I think I'll be able to get to these pitchers early. Uh, second game. Let's go to JP Sears day. Uh, he is just, I, I can't wait to see where he goes. He should be traded somewhere, but he's pitching today for the athletics. They're taking on the Rockies. Freeland's on the mound for the Rockies. Sears is a lefty. The Rockies have the best offense against righties. They're not so good against lefties. You can get plus 110 first five for the A's. So I'll take those first five JP Sears innings. I'll take the plus 110 with the Athletics, who are, by the way, only a game back of the Royals now. That's how bad the Royals have been lately. Wow. Okay, Dustin, any of those that you uh, might like as well? So I really like Mike's breakdown of that Dodgers Reds game. I wish I had bet it. I thought about Dodgers over five and a half. I traditionally don't like betting anything over five. But with that, when Williamson, who, as Mike said, has been better of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Dodgers are a different animal and that they would mash him to death mm-hmm. tonight. I ended up staying away from it, though. Okay. What else on your card, on your red-hot card, Dustin, do you have? Uh, the Nationals uh, plus $1.66. Look, the Mets are deflated. They traded David Robertson. I don't think they ever thought Steve Cohen was really going to sell pieces. Well, the sale is on. Everyone's up. I think the attitude's going to be different today going to the ball field. Also, Mackenzie Gore's on the bump. Mets have the fifth-worst OPS, fourth-worst batting average versus left-handed pitching. I'm going to fade the Mets, take the Nats at a plus price. All right, and that's against Mad Max Scherzer. We don't think he's on the move or anybody else, but again, when that first piece goes with David Robertson, you truly don't know what they're going to do. Mike, how do you handicap this year as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline? Obviously, all the talk's been about Shohei Otani. You know, we, we heard about the talks maybe for the Dodgers being in the Nolan Arenado sweepstakes if he's really on the block here for St. Louis. Are there any other teams that you're trying to get a better number on now, anticipating whether or not they're buyers or, or sellers in the next 72 hours? 
It's tough for me. I, the team that you would expect is going to make a move is the Dodgers. And I don't really want to take the Dodgers at a price. The the Rays, we talked about them are probably going to do something, but do I really want to take the, the Rays right now, considering how poorly they're playing? No, thanks. Uh, it, to me, if you want to take someone that might surprise, I wouldn't be shocked if the Orioles do something minor and they wouldn't be a bad price. there, sitting at 13 to one. If you want to take a play there, same on the blue Jays at 14 to one. Although I'm not sure what real splash they can make. Look, we talked about the reds before. I don't hate the idea of the Reds here. We've we've heard that in, in, uh, India might be on the on the the docket here, or Miami on trade block, and there have been rumors for Snell and Hader both to head to Cincinnati. So if that happened, all of a sudden that Cincinnati team becomes significantly better. They're sitting at forty to one to win the World Series. That's probably still a pipe dream. You can still get a decent price in the NL if you want to. Uh, still over two to one to win the division. So th there's different ways you can attack that if you want to go after it. But it's tough to make these if you're just assuming you're going to be able to get some of these trades because we never really know until it happens. And generally, it's the lower priced teams that are making the moves, and that makes it a little bit tougher to get excited about it. Am I the only person in God's free world that I think the Yankees are going to be big time players in the next two days? And that I look at their price and I go, they're not going to win the East. But if they get in, they're going to be a tough out. Like as much as I hate them, Dustin, doesn't that make some correlated you know, sense? It's a. I didn't realize they'd gotten as long as twenty-eight to one. At twenty-eight I mean, to on, one, I think the Yankees are worth a couple bucks here. Right. Like, I hate it. I hate the roster construction. I think they have like three plans happening You're at once. Get the second best player in the world back soon. But twenty-eight to one, and potentially playing better. Just get. Also, it's just get in the playoffs, and I can make money on the ticket. That's it. That's my, it. I mean, Mike, in a court of law, I'll never admit that I would wager that as a Met fan. But it just seems like <laughs> we're just sleeping on the Yankees, right? They're going to do something. A 28 to 1's juicy. I I don't like that lineup. I mean, it's just not that good. We saw Judge, how poorly they played without Judge in there. Are we sure he's just going to be able to play the rest of the season? Like, I still have injury concerns around Judge, who's consistently missed time as well, too. So, uh, 28 to 1, it's, it's a juicy price. I agree with Dustin. It's hedgeable if you take it and you yeah. get into the playoffs. But, oh, not for me, man. I couldn't do it. Got to get there first. Hey, Mike, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the conversation each and every time. Appreciate you and Dustin. Great job today and always behind the glass. But unbelievable uh, roster of stars that we had, including Jim Lampley, uh, Jim Duquette on the program as well, and Steve Berline. So thanks to, for Dustin for doing that. All right, we'll see you next week right here. Sharp Money on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening.